Yeah, I'm here for a meeting with the DA. Your name, please? Charles Bowman. Good, how are you? Good. I can just have your sign in. Sure. 21st, right? Yes. Trying to spell his last name, I'll just put D. No, <laughs> I'd butcher it. All right. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Ford, how are you doing? Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Next time I saw you, yeah. I was in my office. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> right at the beginning of the... Yeah, right in March. Yeah. This whole pandemic's been interesting. Very interesting pandemic. Ruined my trip to England, everything. Oh, really? Yeah. In June, I was supposed to go over for two weeks. March. <laughs> Good. I have a present for you. <laughs> and so the flow begins. Why, uh, why spend money on the mail? Yeah, that's for sure, especially when it's like this. So it's not that big as far as it feels though. Good. Good plate. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still taking through some of the other side pieces, so that's mostly what it is. You inherited it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were all um, like. All of them are getting adjourned for like September and October, so I'm waiting for that floodgate to open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bowman, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm the district attorney here. This is nice to meet you. Fumble. I asked her to join us. I, you may have spoken with her in the past. Oh, okay, yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Are you the advocate? Yeah, yeah. correct. Okay, that's gotcha. Exactly right. So that's why she's here. Yep. And, and thank you for coming in. Yeah, um, thanks for seeing me. Got a couple of goals for today. I'd like to explain to you where we are in the process. Okay. I want to make sure that you understand what your position is in that yep. process. And yep. then I'd like to try to hear from you as much as you can to kind of describe to me what took place from your point. Okay. Did you uh, get my police report? I did. Yes, okay. I did. Yes. All right. Did um, you get the ones from the other people on my behalf? Yes. Okay. I, I believe so. I got quite a stack of okay. stuff. Okay. So yeah, I'm All sure right. I did. Um, so the thing about grand jury uh, is that uh, it's a secret proceeding, which mm -hmm. means that. Um, well, it is what it is. It's secret. secret yep, yeah, yeah. Can't uh, say anything. So part of the frustration that you've experienced is that I can't really talk to you about grand jury because yep. it's a secret proceeding, except insofar as your testimony is concerned, because I can certainly discuss with you your Mine, testimony yes. and what we're going to do. 
the other issue that we have is that COVID threw everything into a, a horrific stalemate. Um, at March 17th, everything stopped. Uh, we didn't do any more grand juries, and we just started them up a short time ago. And in New York State, cases progress based upon kind of an urgency that's imposed on them by the law. There are some cases that require you to do certain things within a certain amount of time. Yes. Otherwise, you risk losing the case. And then there are others where there's not a lot of time restraints on them. Yours happens to be the latter. There aren't many time restraints because no one's been charged yet or anything. So yeah. there's no actual clock ticking. On the other hand, I've got about 16 to 18 cases that the clock is ticking on that we're trying to get through the system, and I have to make those a priority because they're okay. like homicides and rapes. And see, I thought they only had you had only had so many so much time to file a charge, also. Well, yeah, but that's a longer period of time, okay. so uh, that's not usually as urgent as these other time frames that we have. So we're working through those, we're getting through those, and I anticipate we should be done with the, the majority of them between the first or second week of October is what I'm kind of okay. uh, targeting for this. The other issue I have is that it's a cast of thousands, and so to assemble these people into one space is difficult, especially with the COVID requirements and everybody's schedules, just making sure everybody can come on the same day because I don't want to, um, I don't want to present parts of the story to the grand jurors over a period of time. Our grand jury only meets once a week. Okay. Um, and so they would come in on the one day, maybe hear a trickle of information, then go away for a week, come back. Who knows if they remember that trickle, get another trickle of information. So I like to try to schedule things so they happen all at the same time so the entire story can be rendered to them and they can consider all the evidence that's involved in the case. So that's the other dynamic that's at, at play here. Right. Uh, but again, I, I'm shooting for probably the first or second week in October. You'll know because you'll actually get a subpoena, and I'll certainly yep. it's got as well. So, so that's kind of where that is, and and that segues into your status in the case because you're kind of unique in that you're both a victim and a potential defendant. Yep. Uh, and so the other issue I have, and and frustrating for you is that because you have counsel, I can't really talk to you without counsel present. So when you call us and try to get information, I can't really... But see, I thought he was just a criminal attorney for this well, one. But, 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 and I do have well, a defense attorney it, lined up if I am charged. The ACLU out of Corning is going to pick it up immediately. Yeah, but, but at this stage, the fact that you are a potential defendant uh, means that... Um, under counsel, regardless okay. whether you're talking as the victim or as the potential suspect. Gotcha. You, you really can't, like, separate the two. Okay. Because in, in the course of a conversation, the, con the, the conversation could lapse over both things simultaneously. You know, you, you could go from speaking as a victim to making statements that relate to being a defendant and then back yep. to being a victim. And so it's just not safe or ethical for me to talk to you without an attorney present. Okay. That's the other issue. So right. I, I certainly wasn't ignoring you, but the rules of ethics kind of limit my ability to speak. Right. Because I was quite frustrated at the whole well, the whole situation, <laughs> <laughs> whether it had been COVID or whatever it was. Yeah. It really... 
it's it's been a surreal year. I can tell you, I, I've never uh, <laughs> never anticipated for anything like this to happen. We're all still kind of working through. We're we're just now being told that they're going to start uh, gearing up the first jury trials for November. Come hell or high water, the chief judge said, we're having jury trials in November, so figure it out. So all the trials have to be Yeah, well, at least seven judicial, I think. Yeah, so, you know, I've been going with Sue Molesky over there to try to figure out, okay, where do we, how do we spread these jurors around? How do we make sure that they can view the evidence? And, I mean, it's the same with grand jury. uh, Normally, uh, our grand jury is held in a large room. It kind of looks like an old-time classroom. There's like 23 chairs there and, and a, a, a big desk at the front of the room. And everybody's in this space, and you can hear very well. You could see well because it's designed that way. But we can't do it in there because we can't spread people out six feet apart. So now we do it in the courtroom. They literally go wrap all the way around. They're in the gallery. They're sitting on those hard chairs. Um, and, and, you know, the witness is up front in the witness box mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, you squint to try to uh, see evidence if they hold up something. And so it's, it's been a, a challenge. And, and I tell you that as part of the process, because when you testify, you're going to see that, that there's going to be some challenges we'll have to prepare for. Right. We'll have time to do Did that. they lock the doors and shade the windows? They shade the windows. They don't lock the door. Uh, something about a security hazard like... Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody goes off, he, the security people need to get in there, so they don't lock it, but they do mm-hmm. cover the windows. So and they post security at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they don't let, like, the, when you come in, nobody goes upstairs unless they're mm-hmm. for the grand jury. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'll have you waiting in a certain area. We have a space designated so that we can kind of also spread out witnesses, and, and yep. I'll probably jog the hours and try to keep it so that everybody can maintain the social distancing. The big issue for us, uh, initially, we were told, you know, everybody's got to wear masks, so the grand jurors come in with their masks, and so do the witnesses. But then I grew concerned because, you know, in terms of credibility, I think it's so vital to see all their face mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, we'll probably have... Uh, one of those shields. Shields for you to wear. Did, did the supervising judge address that? In no. Okay. So yeah. it's so it's so it's strictly uh, every person. Uh, yeah. So uh, far, yeah. Um, you know, and I think I think that's going to become a bigger issue when the jury trial, when the actual jury trials mm-hmm. start, because you know, grand jury, you can kind of say, well, you know, but for a jury trial, no. <laughs> can I ask? Um, I don't know if you're able to answer. What type of charges are the men that assaulted me and kidnapped me and sexually groped me? Are they actually going to face those charges? Well, I don't know. So, I mean, because they took me onto their property, illegally searched me. They have no authority. We all, since 2005, Cheryl versus Oneida, we know they have no sovereignty immunity on that property. For them to take me onto the property, zip tied, which is kidnapping, and then sexually assault me as they're checking for weapons or whatever they were doing, which they had no legal right to do. They have no legal right to search my person whatsoever. Well, I'm zip tied. That's like a forcible sexual touching plus kidnapping. Then they illegally transported me down the road. None of that stuff there was legal. And not one person has come to me to try to identify any of those people. 
not one. Where the following day, after I made my report, the Seneca Falls investigator went to the CNI police headquarters, was there for two days in a row, getting all their testimony and their statements, and nothing was gathered from me. None of the six videos, none of the video from News Channel 12 or 10, they're totally, they're not on anybody's side. They just have footage. You know, so it's not a one-sided story of I say this, they say that. It's just somebody that's neutral, videotape and everything. And and none of that's been collected, so I really don't think that I'm being taken seriously at all in any of these charges. Well, so the way the grand jury works, at least in this particular circumstances, and and let me say that this is very unusual. In, In most instances, you have, you know, let's say... You know, the, the the bank on the corner calls us and says we're being robbed, and the police arrive, and and they see the suspect running out. They grab him, and they know that he just committed a robbery. Yep. He's a suspect. It's all defined. Yeah. In this particular case, because there's a cast of thousands, and there's probably a dozen or more videos, and there's equally that many, if not more, statements. And, yeah. and not all of the statements jive. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, they're not all 100% this happened, this happened. Uh, this is a little different because what we do is we have the witnesses come in and give testimony. This, this is what I saw. This is what I saw happen. Then at the conclusion of that, based upon the testimony that was received into evidence, I instruct them on the laws that I think they should consider with respect to all that testimony. And then they decide yes on that one, no on that one, yes on that one, and then that's how how that works. Okay. Well, those are going to be a suggestion to them at least, right? Because there's no doubt that they did that. Everybody's admitted that they did that with no legal authority to do that. So those charges should be... Because, I mean, we can say that they're police officers, but if we go to... If you call and the Department of the Interior or the BIA, which I've done... They're not. They're like they're like well, security guards. I don't know because the BIA is. <laughs> the BIA is trying to back out now, trying to cover the rest, so I don't sue them. Also, when you when you talk about legal authority, you, you have to realize that 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 is more an issue of law. Okay, yep. and that's a judgment yeah. for him to make. Yeah, yeah. It, as opposed to whether it's an assault or not, which yeah. is totally factual. But the grand jury will not decide the issue. What who? does or who does not have legal authority. No, I know that's already been decided. I mean, from the Supreme Court from 1978 to now has been decided. I mean, I don't pretend to understand the the legal issue, um, but it's easy for me to imagine that that the BIA would say we did have legal authority under whatever authority they think yeah. Invested upon them. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just pointing out. Yeah. That I oh, I understand that. that. Well, we were acting pursuant to. to yeah. Law. Yeah. But see that. And, and the crux. It being a feline is where it really gets it. That's what makes it so on the line. You know, Gabriel Glond is out there from right. Seattle. That indigenous lawyer. He's. He's. I mean, I want to say it, but he can't believe that the county hasn't done something already. It's just they've been operating totally illegal. Those plates that they have on their cars other than the government ones, are just personalized plates. So they're just illegal police cars, you know. That's, so that's where my frustration lies, that I've, I've well, looked up all these laws. That, I mean, I can't pass the bar, but I'm telling you, I've, native laws, I've spent I'm 28 weeks. Because, yeah, I'm sure. You know, there are the numerous decisions out there. There are opinions from the BIA. There are opinions from the U.S. Attorney's Office, and none of them seem to 
succinctly and directly say, yes, this is what they can do, this is what they can't do. And and so there is this vagueness, yeah. and, and it is a vagueness. And I'm not going to lie to you. That's one of the things that we're going to have to grapple. And those are the those are the things that I was going around and around because you have one, you know, like you said, they don't they don't join each other nicely. So I went back to the Supreme Court rulings. The Supreme Court's top dog. I don't care what the BIA, Department of Justice, or Department of Interior, Supreme Court is the, is the law setter in our, it's not the BIA doesn't set the laws. They may, may make suggestions. That's it. You know, and that's where I've gotten to through everything, through all the indigenous lawyers I've talked to. I mean, they've contacted me for advice and to see how my situation's playing out and, and that's what they all fall back to is, I mean, our county attorney, Atman, when it comes to the taxable land and all that, he refers to the Cheryl versus Oneana case there, or the Nidas, you know, I mean, it's, they have no sovereignty nation over land that they've bought in the, that was empty for 200 years. Just because they bought it back doesn't give them sovereign immunity. Yeah, you know, and there are decisions post Cheryl that kind of, Kind of. But, yeah, and then you're talking about the Oneida Police Force, which the Oneida Police Force, before they have any legal jurisdiction over anybody, have to get deputized in the county they're working for. I've looked into those laws, too. They're actually in Madison. There's two counties right there that they're actually deputized in both because they're in their jurisdiction. Seneca County's never... Never done that for them. They've never went to the sheriff's department, had their New York state certifications. I'm sure those 50 guys he hired, none of them had their New York certifications checked or verified by our county sheriff. No, I'm sure not. No. And no. there you go. So that just makes them street thugs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's the one thing I'm going to tell you, Mr. Bowling. Um, I, I am not here to advocate for the Indians or no, no. the Indians. Or, again, or you're neutral. Or yep. to uh, litigate their property rights. Yeah. That is not, I am not wasting Seneca County taxpayers because they do pay taxes, unlike the Indians. I'm not here to litigate those issues. I'm here to find out if one of my Seneca County citizens was intentionally injured in a criminal matter and who did it, and hold them responsible. Okay. In the same way, I also have to, because I have limited authority, investigate whether a Seneca County resident who may have been on what's claimed to be Indian property committed a crime, yep. because that's where my authority lies. You're the linchpin to all this because yep. you're a Seneca County guy. If, if you had uh, a, a Native American name and were a Native American citizen, we wouldn't even be talking. I that's right. Yep. Flat out. And, and for that reason... I mean, there's a list of participants who are Native American. I I don't even want them. So mm-hmm. I don't even give them. <laughs> yep. I'm you, only that's... here to, to do what Seneca County taxpayers pay me for, and that's yep. to enforce the laws against or for uh, Seneca County residents. Exactly. So that's, that's my primary focus <laughs> here, and that's going to be the focus of what we talk about. Um, so... <sighs> Uh, you had said something earlier I wanted to come back to, and it was very critical. Uh, oh, you had said nobody had come to you Not one. to identify any of the individuals? No. My big question is, because I will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can that? identify them. I can point them all out on video. But we we asked the police chief, and this is on video that day, too, for a name of all those police officers, because... Technically, they should have badges and names, and he said he would get it to us, and it still has not been get, gotten to us. So I don't can't 
tell you the names of the gentlemen, but I can point to them on camera so as they're assaulting me. One of the things to be aware of as well is when a case is pending for grand jury, the investigation is, is kind of confidential as well. It's yeah. not information because nothing yet is a public record. Yep. It doesn't become public until, and I should tell you this, until, if and until, charges are returned by the grand jury. Yep. Let's say a worst-case scenario comes back and they say, you know what, we're not charging anybody here. There's no crime. This gets packed up and sealed away, and it's not, it doesn't get uh, disseminated to the public at all. Yep. Because it's an ongoing investigation. No charges were filed. And the reason for that is real clear. Let's say... Um, Let's say you were accused of raping somebody, and we held a grand jury, and your testimony, you come in and your testimony is credible, and, and they believe you, and then the victim comes in, and she's totally not believable, and they decide, well, we're not going to file a charge here. The, the, the victim is not even credible, so we're going to no-bill this case. If that information gets out ahead of time, you're destroyed, because, you know, we, we talk about innocence until proven guilty, but in, in a community of standard people, once you're labeled as a rapist, you're going to yep. carry that. So if, if all this information gets out ahead of time, a reputation of somebody who doesn't have a charge gets ruined. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the whole basis for that. It's not to be secretive because we like to be secretive, but there is a purpose behind it. It's to protect the accused, to make sure that only those who have adequate evidence against them actually have to face the charge. I'm facing that now because of them putting, I was arrested for assault. Well, there you go. I've got turned down for there two jobs go. already. Yeah. Just for them putting it, I was arrested for assault when I was never arrested. Yeah. I'm an officer. Yeah. So I've been turned down two jobs for that because See, that's, of, and this, that's exactly because of our small community. So, yeah. And I apologize for that. No, you didn't put it in the paper. No, so I I know who put it in the paper. It was like, not you. Know. Me and I'm like, I have no comment for you. This is an ongoing investigation. So. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. You just mentioned something that I did consider when we talked last time. Um, causing a physical injury uh, to a police officer is a felony assault. Yep. Yes, correct. Okay, so is the grand jury going to be charged uh, uh, under that theory? Well, again, it's going to depend on the evidence. But, but these tribal police, are they police officers under the penal law for purposes of the assault? That's what they're going to have to prove. I mean, they're going to have to go in front of that grand jury and explain how it is that they can hire these guys and, and, and do it legally. And if the, the grand jury believes them, then perhaps he is. But if they don't believe them, then they're not. Wow. And now here where it goes. That is unusual. It is. I, I'm, I know it is. <laughs> and here's where it goes to the, you know, and I don't mind being, if the grand jury charges me with that, because if they would have come to me for the investigation, maybe they would have went and seen the ambulance that treated somebody for punching somebody in the face and breaking their hand. Maybe that's the person that I look to for assault. Not maybe. You know, the police and the ambulance, I'm glad all took pictures of my hand that day. You know, that my hands were flawless, not a mark on them. You know, and that's where the lack of investigation is really going to cause some trouble because, I mean, ambulance records are there. There was one person that paid his own bill, me, and then five people that Cayuga Nation paid for, which were all on not Cayuga Nation employees. They were 
protesters, other white people, Native Americans that got treated for other things. So, you know, that's that's why I'm frustrated with their lack of investigation, because maybe they would clear up some of these issues before they went charging me for things. You know, I'm, but people I, have been charged, though. Right. But, right? Yeah, but they're gonna. Well, well, that's what I'm saying is they're gonna present that to the grand jury of the, the, the Canadian nation cannot charge it, correct? No, no, they right. cannot. Okay. No. So, the, I just only the grand jury if they present it is me being assaulting someone because of they read one of their witness statements. You know, that's the ACLU can't wait to get a hold of these witness statements from the CIM police because they've already got the photos laid out, the videos are waiting to pick them apart. Did you mention uh, that you believe that the person who did strike you was treated at that same ambulance that you were at? No, no, he struck the officer, the CIN officer. Yeah, he was treated at the same ambulances. There was two ambulances at the corner. I was in one, and there was they were all standing outside getting treated. Because he came and see me at the hospital, because they took me to the hospital. He came to see me at the hospital, and his hand was all wrapped up. The, the CIN? No, no, the guy that was one of the other protesters was there actually hit one of the CNI police officers. Oh. The one that they're claiming oh. that I assaulted. Okay, so, so let me, and again, because I, I, this case is so complicated, I want to make sure I understand. So, when you said that if they would have checked the ambulance, they would have seen that one of the CIN guys had his hand treated for... No, one of our guys, one, one of the protest, one of the traditional oh, protesters got had got okay. their hand. Punch the guy they're saying. Yes. Got yes. It. Got it. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know the guy that threw the punch. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who he hit or who, which one of their officers. I didn't see it. And then your hands had nothing on them. At no, the hospital, luckily. And then the next day, when I went to the police department, they took pictures of my ribs, which were still swollen up, and my hands, which were no marks on either side. You know, there was okay. no swelling. Yeah. I you know. I mean, it's, it's really. All it's your that's when I was on the ground they kicked me in the face you know that was so let me ask you this um, well let me back up a little bit and, and, and maybe Mr. Porter has reviewed this with you as well so the term assault is kind of a term of art in New York State because um, you know I could reach over the table and grab you by your shirt and shirt and shake you and, and say something to you, yeah. and you might think that you were assaulted by me, and yet the law doesn't, that's not how they define no. it. So, so we have our terms that we have a common understanding of, but the law has, over time, defined those more precisely, yeah. and assault is one of them, and it's a very complicated one. Um, you're probably familiar, we have two prisons in Seneca County, Five Points and Willard, yeah. uh, and they're always having assaults there. And, and the problem is is that I always have to uh, re-educate these officers and these other employees who claim that they were assaulted because they'll call me and they'll say, well, uh, you know, he assaulted me. I, I had a red mark on my hand for a few minutes. It's like, well, unfortunately, that's not, that's not an assault by no. New York State standards. So my focus with you uh, and you may correct me in, in the course of today. Okay. My focus was going to be the uh, broken nose, um, yep. because that, according to the research that I've been able to do, will meet the definition, the legal definition for yep. assault. It's broken bones that require medical. No. Three full right hooks to the face is an assault. 
Well, my hands are just like this. I mean, this guy was jumping up no, off his no, feet and punching me. That's crazy. And that's why, yeah. And, and so <laughs> one of the things I do want to caution you, because I, I have read your statement, and, and I know that um, probably when you gave the statement, it was close in time to after the event. The next day. You had a lot of energy and stuff. Um, you talk a lot about things that are not going to be admissible in your testimony okay. at grand jury things that other people said or things that other people saw that they told you about or yep. uh, perhaps even videos that you might have looked at from somebody else. Yeah. That stuff I can't get in because I can only have you testify to what you saw, what you heard, and what you experienced. Okay. Okay? Yep. So, um, and, and so I tell you that so that between now and when we get to October, as you contemplate your statement, um, Focus in on those things, and one of the big areas I need to focus on is the, the facial injury, the broken yep. nose. When did it happen? When we were out by the road, I was guys come out after that lady and I went like this, put my hands up to stop them from going after the lady because they were chasing her to the road when the big fella pushed me. So I pushed, I went back a couple steps and I pushed him. Got taken down from behind as I was falling forward. I took the two guys down in front of me. I wrapped up, went down to lessen my fall. Well, the one that was on top of the two at the bottom rolled off to this side, stood up, and as I was on my hands and knees on the ground, booted me right in the face. And that's when I went down to cover my face, and they all just started punching me in the head and messed up my ribs and pepper sprayed me at point blank. And how long was this before they actually like zip tied you? They zip they zip tied me right then on the right ground. Then, yeah, that's the moment. Okay. That's then, the moment. Let's call it the moment of arrest. Yeah. Okay. For yeah. lack of a better term, well, yep. even though you haven't been technically arrested, let's call that the moment of and, taken into custody. Yeah. So it happened just moments <laughs> before that. Yep. Oh and, yeah. And how many Four minutes before it. Oh, okay. Because they beat me for about four minutes. And uh, how many guys were involved in that? Five. Five. And it still haunts me. My wife's screaming they're going to kill them. They were all CIN? Yeah. Uh, one was, we call the ones that are as normal as everyday guys, the big hats. There was one big hat and four of the hired ones. Okay. I call them regulars. <laughs> We call it a big, they wear the trooper hats, so we call them the big hats. <laughs> and um, given a photograph that might depict that scene, you would be able to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's the more important question. Because our law is precise, uh, just because somebody was in the vicinity of something doesn't normally always mean that you can charge them with the act. Yep. You have to get the person who did it. Yeah. Can you say whose kick actually broke your? Oh yeah. You uh, oh, I can identify that guy just by his shoes. <laughs> and then I can identify the. No, no. Yeah, I can definitely I gotta identify that. that. I wanna. That's why I wanted to kind of get this now, and then I'll we'll 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 be together again prior to, because um, what I'd like to do is when we actually are ready and have it scheduled, I'll have you come in and we'll sit down and I'll walk you through okay. questioning and stuff that I'm gonna ask, so you're kind of be prepared for that, and then I'll show you the photographs and things. Okay. Um. So there were five guys. Uh, and was it the kick that resulted in? Oh yeah. And, and can you can you just yeah because probably about 
two and a half, uh, two minutes before that happened, maybe a minute and a half, I was actually talking to the chief of police and another officer outside of the fence by the road. Would that be uh, Peenstrup? Yeah, and my nose and face, and my face wasn't bloody yet. It wasn't until I got over to the pile and they kicked me in the face. That's when my face got bloody. Because the three right hooks, then, you know, he caught me in the jawline. It didn't make any blood. It loosened a tooth, but it didn't make any blood. Well, but I did see, did I see photographs with the gash? That's from the kick. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, that's when they were dragging me away, they picking me up, yep. To the kick. And, and could you estimate, you know, between talking to uh, Chief Pienstra and the incident about how much time elapsed? A minute and a half. Okay, not very long. No, and... And at that time, they were all lined up inside their fence. Pinstra was over here, and I was talking to him. That's when I walked out. Right here was the road. I walked out by the road, and they come out of their fence to attack that lady, and I cut over and okay. put my hands up in front of them while they were well outside of their fenced area. Okay. And, and at that point, you did not have any. No. Okay. <laughs> Had a little pepper spray on my face, but no blood yet. Prior to this, prior to this incident, when they will call it the takedown or whatever, um, did you have any other physical altercations earlier in the incident? Yes. Yeah. When we first went back, we got to the back. Um, I was. We were trying to get around to go to the fire pit. The natives wanted to go to their fire pit and stand for a minute. You know, they do ceremonies with their ashes. I don't ask because I'm white. But when I were way there, I was actually knocked down once. Um, I seen him assaulting a guy they call Huggy on the ground. There was two guys on top of him, one on the back choking him, and I put my body over Huggy, so they were hitting me in the back. You know, and I don't consider that their fault because I was actually using myself as a shield at the time, and they'd actually kicked me in this side twice and hit me with that baton over the back, right across my back twice, <laughs> once to the head, but one so bad. Then actually I got up there. They assaulted another native on the other end of the line. And this is after I had talked to him, was yelling at these guys a little bit, and I went down to that end. And I'm standing there again. You can see this on video. My hands are up, and that guy punches me in the face three times, and you know, even then you see me just stand there with my hands up and another native comes over and starts yelling at him. You know, I didn't assault this guy. I didn't even push him away. I just stood there. You know, I, I didn't want to be violent. I mean, I'm, I'm past those days. <laughs> Maybe when I was 18. When, um, when you assembled that day at that location, what was, what was the purpose of that? The chiefs were going to denounce Clint Halftown, and then one of their teachers and two of the clan mothers wanted to get ashes, like I said, so they could take them away and they talk to them or whatever and send it on to their ancestors, and they're just letting them know what happened. Like I said, I don't get too involved into the spiritual side of it, but that was their whole intention was just to go get some ashes from that pit. They weren't going to enter no buildings. They weren't there to destroy anything or beat anybody up. They just wanted some ashes for their, I mean, their culture center and spiritual center had just been knocked down the week before. Did, um, to your knowledge, did any of them approach to make that request? Like, did anybody go up to them? Yes. Say we would like. To I believe. I believe they did. I don't. I can't verify well, that for sure. Because, because, and, and I'll um, again for for future planning. I always tell every single witness this. Only, actually, you did good though. Only 
tell what you know. If yep. you're guessing, make sure you qualify that. Yep. And it's not wrong to guess, well, I was, especially yeah, since okay. this happened in February. So, yep. and, and I'll tell you some horror stories. I've had situations where inmates are caught with uh, a shank in their pocket, and ten correctional officers will say it definitely came out of his right pocket. He reached in with his right hand and pulled out. There's always the one guy who said, oh, it definitely came out of his left one. And, you know, I approach him afterward and say, why did you say it definitely was in his left? It was his right. Oh, well, I didn't know. I don't remember. Well, that's not what you said. You said it definitely did. So if you're sure, absolutely, yep. oh, yeah. don't equivocate and tell what you know. But like you did now, I believe so. If, if, you, yeah. if you think so, but you're not sure, yeah. make sure they understand that. Because, yeah. yeah, I can't verify it, so I'd right, have to right. say. Okay. Just because I was asked because they said they wanted to. I, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and apparently the... Uh, the CIM police just were not going to No, 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 it's something Clint, de Clint definitely frowns on. Now, he wasn't there, was he? No, he was in uh, Las Vegas. He decided to leave the town for the de weekend. But, you know, and I say this now because of what happened. Some Native Americans found out what he did down there, and they kicked his ass right down there, and I was glad they did. Oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I got pictures of his face swelled right up on this side. You don't take down a cultural center. I mean, that's their spiritual. It's like me buying the Catholic Church in Seneca Falls if it was behind on taxes, then just coming in and wiping it out with a dozer. Whew. That would not go over well. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> I'm not Catholic, but uh, I'd never do something like that. I know better. <laughs> after um, after they zip-tied you, they took you to a van, correct? Yeah, their bus there, that little but whatever you didn't it is. Stay, how long did you stay in the bus? 15, 20 minutes. It's hard to say, you know, from the time I got taken down to the time I got to the hospital, it was like two hours, and it didn't seem like that long. So Yeah, it's time it, is so funny. Especially when, yeah, so. when you're suffering with pepper yeah. spray in your face. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and that's another thing. When I was getting up off the ground after I'm being zip-tied, and I got a clear picture of this, one of those mercenary guys comes up, takes his glove, and rubs pepper spray right in my eye as I'm zip-tied. Now, that's... That's got to be worth some kind of charge. I mean, that's, that's just downright cruelty right there. I was already zip-tied on my hands and knees, bloody face, and he comes up and wipes pepper spray right in my eye. That is brutal. That is uncalled for. And he's the same one that was on, was on the ground getting beat. Says, oh, look who we have here. Pulls out his pepper spray and point blank sprays me. That's when I grabbed the pepper spray from his hand with my left hand and threw it out of the circle between the legs. Because as soon as I grabbed that pepper spray, he says, oh, he's got pepper spray. So I threw that out of the circle immediately. And I don't know, i seen somebody come over and pick it up, but I didn't want to eat any more of it. I'd eaten enough. After you, uh, after you were in the bus, then uh, where where did you go from there? They, they took me to yeah. They took me to put me in their one of their white cars, not one of their police cars, and took me down the road to the Cuga Corners down there, the other store, and put me in an ambulance. Okay. So the bus was more of like a just like a holding place, and then they put you in a car and then drove you to the yep. Okay. Yeah, because there was another guy on the bus, Hodge. Hodge. He was on the bus when they wanted to take names and all that. Did they take both of you or just you? Just me. Okay. He was let go. Uh, was Hodge a Native American to your knowledge? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. And, and they let him go? Yep. And they said they arrested two other guys, but they never even 
picked those guys up, they left that day on their own. They never even. So there was a lot of misinformation and lies that day. Well, and that's that's my problem. You know, it's like I, I got to go through this. It's like okay, let's. Yeah. Try to piece it together, but not all the puzzles. That's that's why I'm kind of hoping I get charged with that assault because I want to rip those statements apart. <laughs> I really do. I mean, I'm prepared. I've had 28 weeks of nothing but time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Right. right well, yeah. and and I hate I hate to say it this way because yeah. just so everybody knows, I'm in civil litigation with the county. You probably already know and. That would get added to the civil case, you know what I mean? They've already said that, that, well, we've already disproved that. That'll just get added to the civil case. So I don't want to tell you that, it, I mean, I'm an honest person. I have nothing to hide, you know? That's, Scott realized right away that I was a open and honest person that. You chart your, your course. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing to hide. Did the um, ambulance transport you then or did they yes. treat you at scene? No, nope, they transferred me to the hospital so I could get a CAT scan and. Okay. And how long were you in the hospital? Uh, only about an hour and a half. Okay. And then, uh, what kind of follow-up stuff have you had to do? As a result? I have to go back to get my nose scope so they can figure out how they're going to get the right side back open again because now I can't sleep and it's pain breathing and uh, I have to go back I'm just going to call Dr. Reese this afternoon because the slump is not going away on my ribs and then the normal pains I just have to deal with because I'm allergic to any kind of pain medication so well, you know, that might be a guy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I can, case I can actually take muscle relaxers. There's one type, and I had a prescription of those for three years because I couldn't take those, Dan. I gave them back after a while. They put me to sleep. <laughs> the lump is on your uh, left side? Yep, right okay. there. And this police took a picture of that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It hurts. It's real uncomfortable to sleep on. I mean, it makes it It's annoying. Oh man, you can see it through my shirt. <laughs> no, it's a lump because there's no lump here. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm glad you can see it. During the the course of this altercation, did did you or any of the other uh, participants in this engage in violence with the the nation? Yes. Oh, there was a few that went right up. I mean. Yeah, they went right up and they were grabbing each other's jackets and shaking each other back and forth. And okay. I guess it, yeah, because once that one CNI guy pulled out his baton and started hitting knees, the natives turned a little more restless. More aggressive, okay. Yeah. Aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, all total from start to finish, how long would you say from the moment... Um, <laughs> From the moment you entered on the property to try to get to the fire pit to the moment when you were taken to the ambulance, about how much time elapsed total? Let's see, about 14 minutes to 15 minutes of the scuffle. The scuffle there was 4 minutes, 19 minutes, and I said on the bus about a half hour, so I'd say about 50 minutes. Wow, so less than an hour. And actually, when we were on those properties and things started getting real tense and heated and the natives were shoving and pushing in this big pile over here, I actually had a trooper come up, a little light-skinned, you know, he was probably mulatto or something, New York State trooper, asked me, can you go back off the property? 
I started to walk back till I got trapped between those two trucks for a while and bounced around back and forth, got pepper sprayed again. And, but I did finally make it off the property without trying to go forward and make any more confrontations. So, I mean, when, I, when the real authorities talk, I listened. Um, Was that the only um, actual Seneca County police officer that you engaged with? Yeah, it was a trooper, but yes. Okay. And then when I left there, when I went outside, I went over to talk to Pinstra and the smaller fellow that was with him. I'm not sure who it was. I could point him out, but I didn't look at his name. Mark, along the lines we talked about earlier, whether CNI are legit or not, does that factor also into their... Uh, lawful authority to make an arrest. I would think so. You, so that will be a factual issue as well for the grand jury. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have to believe it will. Yeah. Uh, because the whole thing hinges on that. So. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. How how did you end up there? Not being a Native American, how did you end up? Like, why were you there? This is Seneca County. It's our home. We we can't allow an act of terrorism to happen on the 20... And I worked there. Oh, you did? Yeah. But I was done working there before that quite incident went on. But still, this is... We can't allow a terroristic act to go unnoticed in our neighborhood. And that completely, that's all it was. He said he took it back over to gain control and stop that. You don't destroy things, rip down a schoolhouse because you're trying to settle things. Uh, where did you work? In, uh, at the actual gas station? I was a uh, property maintenance for all their pro. You know, I went around to all their properties. So like even the houses and stuff? Yep. And did stuff? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, how long did you work for them? Uh, about four years. I think four like years. Property management, maybe? Yeah. I started on the pumps, pumping gas, and then worked, uh, went into property management for him. Um, so, in the history, um, you know, Clint's faction held the place for the longest time, and then yep. it was that, that big disruption, and then yeah. it seemed like the other group took over for a while. Is that when you started? Was when the other group took over? It was a while after they took over. You okay. know, they'd been running it for a year or so before I came okay. in. All right. Um, and then specifically to that event, how did you, how did you like learn about it? And, and what the, the, the event that led to this thing? Because as soon as they took over, it was about five o'clock in the morning, I received a call from Woody, one of the Native Americans saying, did you hear what Clint did? I went down there right away, did a live video. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but I did a live video walking around, asking those police, how could they do something like that? What are they going to tell their kids when they went home? That you came in here and tore down a longhouse and a schoolhouse and a daycare? And since the day it happened, I was very irate. I mean, that's just something that's like I said, if they tore down the Catholic Church, you'd be there protesting. If Clint did the same thing at the Catholic Church, you would be there protesting, ready to. So, so let me let me ask it again then. Um, do you have relationships with the Cuban Nation? No, I do. Yes. Okay. No, it's because they see I'm such a large supporter. Okay. Well, um, what about before that? What about before the incident? 
we were. How would you answer that question? Whether you you had a relationship with them? No, I didn't go to their houses. I just had a work relate. You know, you, you make work friends. No, okay. we didn't go hang out, and it was workplace acquaintance friends. You know what I mean? You after four years of working with somebody, you become was acquaintance. This event um, advertised within the community. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. And I advertise. And well, they asked me because I got quite a following of people on Facebook. I was actually acting as their media outlet for most of their protest after that. Okay. They, so somebody did approach you and say, yeah. "Hey, this event's going to go on." Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Something yeah. with the with the yeah the Native nation. American. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, I wanted. See, I wanted to plan these myself. <laughs> yeah. And, and get it in. So so you had been invited or at least notified yep. that the event was going to come. Asked yeah. to attend or whatever. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. They actually, they actually warned me not to go because they knew that the CNA and police were coming after me. Mm-hmm. I have a video from last July just because I was associated with them. Three of their police cars, I live out in Fayette on Leader Road. Three of their police cars right in a row would patrol my house. They'd go by real slow. One day I coming up the road behind them when they were doing this off Cybolt Road. So I got right on them and I followed them up the road. All of a sudden they see me behind them. They hurried up and sped up. They get to the Ridge Road from Leader Road and they realize I'm behind them. One goes this way, one goes this way, and one goes straight. So I can't follow them all. I followed the the one in the white truck with the government plates trying to get him to pull over and ask him questions. I followed him all the way back around to Route 90. He wouldn't stop. He went over to Cuba County. They've been harassing me. I got pictures of him. I bought a, I recently acquired a second home on Lower Lake Road. The first time they see, they realized I was there, they went by three times in two minutes. The neighbors down the road noticed they went down there, turned around their driveway, came back down, turned around the corner, went right back by my house again. Just the other day, I took a picture of them going by my house again. They go by harassing me still to this day. I mean, it's not, these guys have had it out for me for a while because I did their property maintenance, because I questioned the authority of their police. They've been trying to use intimidation tactics on me for longer than a year now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's... And there's no... uh there's no Native American parcels in those areas that, you know, I mean, obviously they not, say, well, no, we were just going to patrol one of our properties. It just happens to be on the way or something. No, because that day I followed them down Cybolt Road. Mm-hmm. They come all the way down Cybolt Road. They go up Leader Road and then back down. Well, they oh. split three different ways. Yeah. They didn't even go towards your Varick property. Okay. All right. You know, there's yeah. no. Yeah. Yes. Where? Uh, probably about three miles from my house down on 129. Right down there, Bob Hasten, right down around that corner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't They own that. I can't remember who used to own the farm years ago. It's a big farmhouse there. And, uh, okay. You know where the veterinarian lives? Yeah. yeah. Right across from there, okay. that big white house. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I live right around the corner from where that veterinarian lives. Okay. But the second house is on the Lower Lake Road, and that part of Lower Lake Road, they got no reason to be down there anyway. I mean, Clint's house is on the far end of Lower Lake Road. But after I put that post up on Facebook, now they come down by the state park and turn up the corner away from my house. <laughs> yeah, so they, at least they're watching what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this then. Do you guys have a history of animosity? Like, oh, yeah. And can you trace back the source? Like, when did that all start? When their, when their police force first started around here, they were following now, me. When you're talking about the police force, are you talking about, like, the retired troopers? Yeah, 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 okay. the big hats. <laughs> I uh, 
stopped in the Cardi's small engine repaired after being followed by one of these guys. So I stopped there to get a part. He gets out beside me, so I get a camera out right away to videotape yeah. it. And I asked him some questions on how he could do that. Is his yeah. car legal? He couldn't give me any answers. Then I say, well, go ahead. You can go in. I'll wait out here till you're done. He's like, no, I don't need anything. And he got back in his car and left. He didn't even need anything in the car. That was our first interaction. Okay. Then I was out at their double wide on Varick. They own a property. They're too attached. I was sitting in the driveway once, and all three of the vehicles come up, and they got out, and they started... I just started yelling at them, plain and simple, told them, get the hell out of here. You got no jurisdiction, no authority here. And they tucked their tails and they left. You know, it's it's gone on for a little while. Just little little harassments like that. Of, um, Mostly like um, intimidation by yeah, presence. Yeah, exactly. No actual words exchanged. No, no, okay. no. All right. No, it's just a, the right. intimidation is not something that I fall for. Um. And no, have they ever threatened, you know, no, our property? no, nothing, nothing like, that, like right? that. No, but that day I was definitely targeted, definitely targeted. The three guys kept moving together wherever I would go. Those three definitely wanted me. And I could point those three out that always and stayed. Were they three of the five? Yes. Yeah. Circle? Yep. Oh, that's oh yeah. Because you can hear the one on the video as he's coming out of the line. That's Charlie. That's Charlie. And he gets the other guy. And then they jump on me after I'm already down. So they, I was definitely targeted that day. You could hear him as they were piling on me. That's Charlie. <laughs> it's, I was definitely, they knew my name, all of them. <laughs> you know, when, when you're li watching the videos and there's so much going on, there is. try to focus, and uh, I'm going to have to watch them now, and wait for that. Her name's Monica. She works for Spectrum News. She has very good video and clear, better audio of everything if you'd like to talk, call her up. Uh, Monica? Monica. She was the black lady there that was doing the videotaping. Because you can actually hear him tell her to get back to, and she's like, no, I'm recording this. Oh, I might, I might have that, actually. Yeah. Now that you say that, I might have that. Yeah. Because uh, I did remember seeing yeah. an African-American female or a oh, that might have been, female. that might have been my wife. Okay. My wife's mixed, too. Okay. Now, Monica's a darker, dark lady. She's darker black than my wife. Okay. Is. My wife's a mulatto. But I thought she, I thought the person when they challenged her to go back, she was I'm with the news. And I'm oh, yep. Or that was probably Monica then. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I don't, I'll certainly reach out to her. Uh, and they identified you. Oh yeah. And see, Chris Tate. I don't know the guy. He sent me a his witness statement that he filled out to the Seneca Falls Police too. He sent me that after they gave it to him. I, sure some I gentleman out of Ithaca, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, boy, they attracted people all the way from Ithaca. Yeah, see, and he was there just because of the atrocities that Clint did the week before. You know, he thought that the presence of white people would stop the... And what about his statement uh, should I look for? Because you, you mentioned... You can, hear him, you can hear him in there saying, talking about Charlie. He thought it was a code word because you heard him say it many times. And then he found out that after the beating that my name was Charlie, so he put the pieces together. Does he say that on the recording? Oh, yeah, he says that right on his... his I have that statement on my phone. 
I'm sure I have it. Yeah, you probably have it too, but then there's a statement from Wolf Neal. I don't know what his says. I'm not sure his real name either. Well, what I'd like to do is kind of go back now and, and use this and try to piece this together Absolutely. based on what you told me. And then, you know, like I said, once it gets scheduled, we'll get together and I'll walk you through everything. Is there any questions for me that I might be able to answer or I might have to say I'm sorry to answer? <laughs> nope, I said everything so I wanted one to. Thing I will tell you, too, just to kind of keep things clarified, when, when I mentioned about not getting into the CIM dispute, I also know that since this, the Bureau of Indian Affairs has revoked their land and trust. Mm-hmm. But at, that won't be relevant at all because we yeah. have to take the snapshot at the time. Of the and so. at the time, it was only fee land. They didn't revoke it. They just denied their process into trust. It's Correct. always been fee land that was never trust land at all. Correct. So they didn't revoke their trust. They just said, no, we're not giving you trust. Right. Right. So yeah. absolutely with fee land at the time that happened, Clint was really hoping it went to trust. Yeah, yeah. But I think beating me kind of got his trust pulled in the way he treats the community around here. Yeah. And so what's the status of the property now? Well, See. they uh, they denied the um, the application, and so now uh, Clint's going to appeal that. So yeah. Wait, is, it, is it simply fee land? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know that they... some special status? I don't know that it went that far as... Um, I don't know exactly. If you look at the, if there's a story from back in early March that the Finger Lakes Time put out that shows that it is simply fee land. I can't wait. All right. All right. Tell me, give me five minutes and I'll be right there. Okay. Yes. Um, Yeah, it is simply fee land. There is no, the the papers have shown that from, like I said, the Finger Lakes Time did that article showing that it's all fee land. They went to to the courthouse and, you know, there's no, it's feline. There is no question. <laughs> you know, I understand Clint's going to... And another thing about I'm trying to get for perjury is I've seen him send letters to Seneca County, three different letters, and the one has five different law sites. He cites different notations. Yeah, he changes the words out of those. Yeah. Look up those real laws. Yeah. You look up the real law, you're like, wait, the law says this, and Clint says it says this. I mean, they're... Well, Scott does that to me all <laughs> Good man, Scott. Good man, Scott. Good man. <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. Uh, you better get over there. Judd's going to yell at you. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank well, you thanks for your time. I'll, I'll try to be nicer online. Uh, I've been pretty brutal be lately. Touch. If you have questions that I, can be answered, if you reach out to her, you'll be more okay. likely to get I'll her than me. I write everything down. I know. But if it's something <laughs> important, I'll usually get a hold of Scott and tell him okay. like today. So all right, perfect. All right. So if there is like final? charges actually uh, filed, um, have you have any medical? I do. I've paid my co-pays and then my, I have real good. Um, pertaining to the incident, when there are charges filed, actually filed, yep. um, if you've paid anything out of your own pocket, they could possibly reimbursed. So. Okay. That's something we can look into. If After, yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. All the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and... And so our, our schedule's crazy. I mean, we just never know when we're going to get called over there. Yeah. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks. You know, thanks Have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> you gave him some homework. <laughs>